I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, we welcome the new editor-in-chief of Decrypt Media, Dan Roberts, to talk about, well, himself. Why he's in Bitcoin, why did he take the job, and the future of Decrypt. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, February 19th, 2021. I got an email from a listener the other day, Benjamin, and he had a great idea. He said, I'm going to take a selfie and make an NFT out of it. So he opened up an account on OpenSea. He put his selfie up there, and now he has a bid for his selfie on OpenSea for 0.1F which today is $192. And I'm telling you this story because I want you to think outside the box a little bit. Take the initiative. Go and engage in the crypto blockchain space. Now, you don't have to just invest. You don't have to just go buy Bitcoin or buy Ethereum or BNB or whatever. But taking that selfie for him, to me, it's just learning how to use the tech, learning and engaging with this new system. And you can do this in many different ways. It could be NFTs, DeFi, yield farming, trading or working with or for different blockchain or crypto startups writing blogs engaging in the community and so on and so forth so there's many different ways to get out into the space just take that initiative take that one selfie put it on the blockchain sell it for i don't know 0.1 f see if you get any bids figure out how to transfer it and then do it with other things and you never know maybe you can like it make a little money but at the very least you will learn about this new emerging technology. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 10.50 Eastern Standard Time. There's a lot of movers today. Pay attention. Pay attention to this market right now. $53,695 Bitcoin, up 3.1%. Ethereum, $1,938, up a percent from yesterday. Litecoin, 231.07, up a half a percent. Chainlink, 3417 up 4.3% and XRP 55.6 cents up 3.6%. Total market cap we went up bigly 1.643 trillion dollars up 3.75%. BTC dominance we're sitting at 60.4% and Binance Coin is on a freaking tear at the number 3 market cap breaking the $300 mark just a little bit ago we're sitting at $315 right now. Market cap, $47.8 billion on the tail of Ethereum. (laughs) Wait, let me just step back a little bit. It's one quarter of the market cap of Ethereum. But to jump into the number three spot, to be climbing the way it has been the past seven days, up 137% in the past seven, it is unbelievable. And now, without further ado, here is the new editor-in-chief of Decrypt Media, Dan Roberts. Terrific. Glad to be aboard. 100%. It's very nice to meet you. This is the first time that we're having a face-to-face. You are the new editor-in-chief of Decrypt Media. Man, 
I want to know about you. And so does the listeners. But can you please go into your history a little bit? I know Yahoo Finance, but that's only the tip of the iceberg, I think. Absolutely. Uh, so before Yahoo Finance, where I spent five years, I was at Fortune Magazine for five years. And boy, I remember back then when I first wrote about Bitcoin, I wrote uh, Fortune's first ever post about Bitcoin. It was an online piece of Fortune.com in 2011. The impetus was that uh, Chuck Schumer, I believe, had sent around a notice about Bitcoin and sort of alerting lawmakers, questioning whether it needed to uh, be looked into. And you know, a lot of people had reacted and said, well, well what is Bitcoin? Uh, the kind of driving force had been a big gawker story about Silk Road. And we all kind of remember that Silk Road was the first, I'd argue, crypto-related scandal that went mainstream. People said, wait a minute. And there were so many misconceptions that were launched then. People said, oh, so Bitcoin is used to buy drugs? And, you know, yes, and many other things, just like the U.S. dollar and other currencies. And people were concerned, you know, the feds are going to go after this. And so we wrote a post. And at the time, there was one nearby business near our Fortune offices in Midtown Manhattan that was accepting Bitcoin as payment. It was called Meze Grill, M-E-Z-E. And it was, uh, you know, a burrito place that had a sticker in its window that said, we'll accept Bitcoin. So off to the races. It was sort of an explainer post intro to Bitcoin. And now, of course, the, the sort of crypto mainstream interest has taken off. And yet, in many ways, it's still early days, right? I mean, I'm always telling people, you can be six, seven layers deep in your understanding. You can be obsessed with DeFi right now and Ethereum protocols and decentralized apps. That's all well and good. But everyone is still early to the space. It's still so nascent. It's still early days. And so uh, it felt like I was really early to it in 2011. But even now, if you're getting interested, you're still early to it. And uh, I want to make sure that Decrypt is catering to people of all understanding levels. My man, my man. You know what? Just down the street here, I was going to get Chinese food just the other day. And China House here in Bay Village, Ohio, they have this sticker on their window. And I was like, y'all take Bitcoin? They're like, we take any kind of money you give me, man. doesn't matter. Just give me the money. What's interesting about that, Matthew, right now, as the price is going up, people don't really want to spend their Bitcoin. I mean, why no. would anyone want to pay with Bitcoin for a coffee or burrito? And that's why it's so silly The the uh, endless kind of unkillable mantra that skeptics have where they say, talk to me when I can pay for my coffee in Bitcoin. You know, I can't, I can't buy things in most places with Bitcoin. And of course, the diehards say, well, that's not the point. It's a store of value. It's an investment. But the truth lies somewhere in between. I mean, right now it's being used as an investment. Fine. But it's also not incorrect to point back to the original white paper that says peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system. And it isn't really being used right now as a cash system. And that's okay, but certainly it can't be that the best use case for Bitcoin is just digital gold to buy it and hold it. Well, I think that's a debate that we will have at one point in time, but you know, technology evolves. The use cases of technology evolve. I love when Bitcoin, you know, all time highs, you see companies come in and say, we will start accepting Bitcoin. Uber just said that the other day. And we know that nobody's going to pay with Bitcoin. We know that eventually when the Bitcoin price goes down, Uber will say, well, we're going to discontinue this because nobody used it. Next climb, they'll say, hey, we're accepting Bitcoin, just like everywhere else. There's an ebb and flow even in their acceptance of Bitcoin. But what is it about blockchain and Bitcoin that makes you interested? Well, I think there's something about this technology and especially the super vibrant, super passionate community around it that is just cool. I don't think there's necessarily a better way to put it. You know, I, I had a colleague at Yahoo Finance who was a, you know, a middle-aged uh, gentleman who wasn't necessarily super schooled in crypto and, and maybe he didn't have the best technical understanding and yet he had bought some 
And he wrote a post that I still think is just true. And the post was, was headlined, it's so fun to own Bitcoin. Part of it is that, you know, unlike stocks, I mean, well, now they've done fractional ownership on some platforms, but for a long time, average regular people who wanted to understand this space didn't understand that you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. They say, oh my goodness, $30,000. Well, I'm not going to spend $30,000. Well, you can spend a dollar. And there is something very fun about having skin in the game, right? I mean, watching prices rise and fall, watching the, the news cycle that drives it. And I think what lured me to the space is also uh, how many different personalities you have in it, right? There are the OGs, the Roger Vares, the libertarian types. For them, the whole appeal from the beginning was that it's outside government control, that it's decentralized, that it's not regulated. You know, they can't get to it. But now here we are in 2021. And to me, one of the biggest stories is regulation. The regulators are coming, man. Multiple agencies, SEC, CFTC, IRS with taxes, they all want to regulate. And you have mainstream Wall Street investors saying, this is great. Bring on the regulation. Bring it mainstream. But there's a philosophical push and pull a little bit between those people and the OGs who loved that it wasn't regulated. So all of these are interesting because there's so many narratives. It's a very narrative-driven industry. You said you said thirty thousand dollar Bitcoin. It shows that you didn't look at the Bitcoin price since yesterday. I think it's fifty two thousand dollars today, man. <laughs> it's terrific. You know, it, it's funny too, though. There's a little bit of a sense of getting too bogged down in the daily price movements. I mean, yes, some people their whole interest right now is as an investment, but I also, you know, sometimes it's sad because there are big big outlets that will only write a story when either Bitcoin takes off, why is Bitcoin up today, or when it crashes. They love when it crashes. Bitcoin crashes down 60%. You know, is this the end? And you still have people too, the big bears who will say, it could go to zero. It's not going to zero. But point being, you know, I love watching the price. The, the investing side is very interesting, but there's also so much happening too that doesn't have to depend on price. Can you expand on that a little bit? That you said that you are in it because it's just cool. The narrative, the but you know what I usually hear is it's about freedom. It's about taking the uh, power back. It's about hedging against the Fed. You didn't say any of that. What is it about the narrative? Well, of course, there's so many different things we could talk about. Of course, it's you know hedging against inflation and it's a store of value and it's digital gold. And of course, at a time like the pandemic, the interest has dramatically accelerated for great reason. Right. I mean, when you have uh, governments printing stimulus checks, it does uh, refortify the appeal of cryptocurrency and the idea that, you know, there isn't a, a central bank of crypto to pull those various levers. All that is true. Uh, and some people are in it for that reason. But there's also certainly a lot of idealism in this space. Right. I mean, people still say, look at all the wonderful things it could do. And most of them, it's like what it could do, what it hasn't done yet. I interviewed the CEO of BitPesa and we were talking about people in certain countries who are underbanked or unbanked completely, who have no bank accounts, being able to use an app to get paid in Bitcoin and immediately convert it to their local fiat currency. That to me is the rare, still rare, but terrific example of an actual practical everyday use where we're helping people. I mean, or, or what happened in, in places like Greece, you know, places where there were run on the banks and people needed to actually buy cryptocurrency so they wouldn't lose all their money. You know, those are everyday real use cases that have been wonderful, but I still haven't yet necessarily seen many examples of what we used to call the killer app. I mean, I remember the time when everyone used to say, well, what's the killer app? We haven't had a killer app yet. Or way back when I was first writing about Bitcoin, 2011, 2012, you'd hear a lot of people say as their example of something crypto could do, imagine a decentralized Uber where you cut out the middleman. That was like this great buzz phrase, decentralized Uber. Mm, I haven't seen it yet. 
But look, all that stuff is exciting. And to your point, everyone in the space and everyone steeped in this stuff is in it for a slightly different reason. Some people, it's the investment. I have a friend who has become obsessed with DeFi in the last two weeks. He has put a ton of money into this stuff, which, hey, you know, maybe pump the bricks. But for him, it's purely about the ability to make money and, you know, yield farming and, and that kind of stuff. And then there are people who love the idea of decentralizing the web and Web3. And how could using cryptocurrencies and blockchain help journalism? I love that aspect of it. I love that Decrypt is doing that already with the token that rewards reader behaviors. That's so cool to me. And let's see where that goes. You know, it takes me some time to process information. And I just remember what you think something you said a little bit ago. Some news agencies just write about the price when it goes up or write about Bitcoin when it goes up. That I mean, it's just like price goes up. We're going to talk about Bitcoin. If not, we're not going to talk about Bitcoin. Click, click, click. Exactly, exactly. We're going to do it for the clicks. What do you think the job is of the news media or even the crypto news media to report on the blockchain and tech? Maybe if you can, please, since you are were with Yahoo Finance and now you're with Decrypt, can you talk about the roles of those two different news agencies? One specifically focused on crypto and blockchain and the other one is just for the clicks and has to just you know keep up with all the news. Well, I'm glad you asked that. I mean, I think we all know what maybe the biggest, most pervasive problem is in crypto media, so to speak. You know, reporters and sites that cover the cryptocurrency industry specifically, our site is among them. There are far too many shills. There are far too many people in this space who they're reporting on certain altcoins because they hold a large amount of that coin and they want the price to go up. And their coverage can often amount to basically rah, rah, rah. And they also can be a little bit too much of uh, cheerleaders for the space. Everything is great. We're bullish on Bitcoin to the moon. Everything's going to go up. And boy, this is the future. And obviously, if we're in this space and we work at a cryptocurrency news site, we believe in the future of this technology. But that is not to say that we are you know, pro everything, that we think all this stuff is terrific, that every crypto related company is a wonderful company and they're going to do great things and change the world. Uh, I think that the whole space could use a lot more healthy skepticism and uh, a little bit more of a discerning eye. Now, to your question about having been at Yahoo Finance, look, Yahoo Finance, it's the biggest business news site on the web, and mostly they cover news about publicly traded companies, stocks. Their readers are stocks traders, you know, and regular people, retail investors who own stocks and want to check. Basically, they wake up in the morning, is Netflix up or down? Oh, it's up big. Why? It's down big. I'm upset. Why is it down big? So all of the news there in some way is pegged to stocks. And then, of course, in the last few years, with me driving a lot of the coverage, they also added charts and data for hundreds and hundreds of cryptocurrencies, which, of course, are not stocks, but in some ways behave like stocks. But still, when I was at Yahoo Finance, you know, we weren't going to write a story about Paxful is going to um, you know, open up to, to Lightning Network. That's a little too small time for a site like Yahoo Finance, but we'll certainly write about PayPal adding crypto because that is a huge publicly traded company and a lot of people hold that stock. So the issues with that is that uh, when you're only covering the big, 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 big picture stories about crypto, you're going to miss some really cool, interesting stuff. But again, it's very different audiences. You no, know, just down to, down to this audience, the crypto news space. You know, there's a lot of competition right now with Decrypt Media. And I don't want to just, you know, say any names or whatever, but uh, there are different, you know, news agencies out there that focus strictly on crypto news. And a lot of them are either click, click, click. You know, they're going for the hype. They're going for the, uh, the, the buzz at the moment. You know, they just want to create the next big thing and focus on it. Do you think that there's any point in time that the news in the crypto space, cross the line to not be news, to 
maybe they just turn out to be a tabloid. Maybe they're just, you know, all about the hype cycle. Do you think that they do cross the line? And if you do think that they cross the line, what can we do about it? And how can we focus the narrative to be productive in the crypto space? Yeah, I'll say a few things about that. And and I'm with you. We don't have to name names, but there's certainly more competition in crypto media than ever. But that's a good thing. I tend to think a rising tide lifts all boats. The reason that there's so much happening, so many, you know, big hires, so many people going from broad mainstream legacy media places to crypto news sites. The reason it's happening is because we're all really excited about it, right? I mean, I think that the space has never been more exciting and has never had more mainstream interest than right now. You know, a lot of people have been comparing the 2020 bull run to 2017, but I think already it's become clear it's very different. Uh, I don't think it's a fair comparison. You know, I think 2017 was very hype driven and mania and frenzy. And right now there's a more mature aspect and sophistication to this bull run and this crush of new interests. So all that said, some of the sites in the space are very kitchen sink. And what I mean when I say that is they cover everything. They write up everything. Every press release from every crypto company about a new product launch, sure, we'll write that up. And then on the other hand, some of the crypto news sites can have a very insidery tone. They're catering to people who are already obsessed with this space, who already know all the terms, know all the jargon. And that's okay. A lot of the people in the space, that's what they're looking for. And it can be very sort of clubby and uh, technical. But right now, the biggest new audience is regular people who have suddenly started seeing that Bitcoin and crypto and DeFi is everywhere and they're curious. And maybe a few years ago, they they read a couple articles about Bitcoin, but that's all. Their understanding level is barely at a one and they'd like to now go to a two. And we're here for them. You know, I want us to be here for them. I want us to be a uh, inviting tone place that explains things in a lucid, clear way. Because look, this technology can be very confusing and it can be very unwelcoming to newbies. It can be very opaque. Uh, And so I think that there's great value for readers in explaining news about this space in a clear way for a layperson. And then down the road, they might get more expert and that's fine. We're also covering stuff for those people. This topic, which once would have been called niche, I don't think it's niche anymore. I think crypto and blockchain has become mainstream finance. And as a result, who better to cover it than websites like Decrypt, the experts, the adults in the room. I, I agree with you. I don't know if you know, but I my first podcast was called Crypto 101. And I, my whole podcast was about educating people into the crypto space. We became the number one podcast in crypto with, you know, 4 million listeners a month. And I actually wrote a book about it. It's on Amazon. You should pick it up. So I, I 100% agree that this is part of the job of us is to be advocates for the space, onboard people into the space and make sure that not only are we reporting on the news, but making sure that we relate to the new people that are coming into the space and make sure that they have a place to go as well. But you also said it's an exciting time for crypto. We, we should be excited about it. That is part of the news cycles, in my opinion. You see it in mainstream news. You see on CNN, Fox News. There's a lot to be excited about when you talk about headlines, if it's political headlines or, you know, global politics, geopolitic headlines or even uh, stock market. When is that a detriment? When does that become a detriment to the news, to the actual overall ecosystem of whatever you're reporting on, if it's politics, if it's finance, that you're only focusing on the excitement? It is a space that is extremely headline driven. And at times that has been a real detriment. I mean, you know, there will be news that all of the mainstream outlets jump on and and chomp at about another hack of a DAO-based protocol, you know, or uh, hackers demand ransom in Bitcoin. 
And the mainstream outlets, whether they're admitted or not, many of them have a not so secret view that is this stuff is vaguely scammy and fraudulent and there's something shady about this whole industry. And so when they see another hack or a breach or a scam or hackers demand Bitcoin ransom, they love running those stories because it adds to you know, the FUD. And they say, see, Bitcoin is used by scammers and hackers. And that's why so many people out there have this vague association. I know they do because many have told me that Bitcoin is associated with cybercrime. That they've heard about Bitcoin and they see that the price is going up, but isn't there something bad about it? It's for criminals. And doesn't it get hacked all the time? And to those people, there are certain questions and answers that we take for granted as everyone knows this, but that isn't the case. You know, like they need to be told, well, you can't hack Bitcoin. You can't hack the Bitcoin blockchain. You know, don't worry about that. What you're seeing is companies that were holding customer funds or protocols that had a breach. And so you sort of have to break that down and dispel those uh, misconceptions. There are so many misconceptions around this space. So just to kind of actually circle back to your real question, a lot of these headlines can foment a lot of FUD and drive the price down. Some of those places are more hesitant to write when there's good news, but boy, do they love writing when you know Silk Road is shut down or SEC sues another crypto company or Floyd Mayweather and DJ Khaled get fined $50,000 for pumping an altcoin on, on social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. That is 100% the case. I guess the real question now is, and it's my last question. I want to say thank you for taking the time uh, to come on the show, but what are your goals with Decrypt? What's your focus in the future of Decrypt now that you're at the helm? I'd like us to be a daily destination for people interested in this space. And that runs the gamut. You know, there are people who might work at a crypto company. They eat, sleep, live, and breathe this stuff. I certainly want them reading us, and I hope that they download the mobile app, which, by the way, our mobile app has such clean design. I just think it's great. Uh, And I love what we're doing with the token sandbox, which we're launching fully soon. But I also want to be the daily destination for the newcomers. And again, that is a huge funnel right now of people. There are so many people curious. And I think that most of the pure play crypto media can take that for granted. I think they assume a certain level of understanding that we shouldn't assume. I mean, you know, when I announced earlier this week that I was taking this role, everything I heard from friends and family was, you know, congratulations. And then the next text was, so explain it to me. What is crypto? I don't even understand. How does it work? And of course, you know, I know people who they know what crypto is. They know Bitcoin, they know Ethereum, but now much of the people in the space are so focused on five, six levels up. We're talking about DeFi protocols. We're talking about decentralized apps. We're talking about, you know, games built on Ethereum. We're talking about staking. We're talking about NVIDIA, you know, launching new mining rigs for Ethereum. All that is great and all that deserves to be covered. But I also want to be a place for people whose understanding level is at a zero or one and they're interested because we want to stoke their interest, right? This is great. It's great that so many new people are curious about this industry and this technology. So let's help them. As my listeners know, I never ask the last question, and it's actually my last question. Uh, my actual last question is, why do you think that people coming into crypto or, or curious about Bitcoin actually want to know how it works? I mean, nobody asks you how the internet works. Nobody cares about IP addresses. Why is everybody so curious about how Bitcoin and blockchain works? It's new. I mean, we feel like, what do you mean? It's already been a decade. It's still so new. And the dollar isn't new. And you're right. People take it for granted. The internet, what, 1995? You know, it's it's been around long enough that people take it for granted. You're right. And I do like the comparison to uh, email protocol, you know, SMTTP 
into HTTP to the internet, you know, the thing people say, which is that you don't need to understand blockchain to end up using and benefiting from it. That's true. People don't understand how email and internet work. They just know it works. And ideally, that's how things should work. And side note, there's still so much friction in actually using these protocols. You know, people talk about Ethereum games and they say, come one, come all. Well, first you got to buy some ETH. Then you got to send the ETH to your MetaMask Chrome browser wallet. Then you got to send it from your MetaMask wallet. It's too many steps for most regular people. So I think a big goal of the industry needs to be to reduce that friction. But, you know, to answer your question, Bitcoin is something that when you say it, it came around in 2009, basically, well, that's still so new and recent. So what is it? And I also think a lot of regular people, boy, it's too bad that so many of the news stories about this space use an illustration of a gold coin with a B on it. Because there are people who, wait a minute, it's a coin? No, not actually. You can't hold it. You can't touch it. Oh, well, how, how do I see it? Well, you don't worry about being able to see your online banking. I mean, you just know that you log in and it shows you your balance. So how's that any different? And yet there's a lot of confusion because it's so new. So I think people are interested in knowing how it works also because some of those misconceptions can lead them to think, uh, it, does it really exist? Is it real? Is it a fraud? Is it a scam? Look at the things Noriel Rubini screams on Twitter. You know, it's a fraud. So people say, well, is it real? Who, who's behind it? Who's backing it? No one's backing it. No one's behind it. Well, how can I trust it? There are a lot of questions around all that because it's a new and nascent technology. You remember back in the last bull run, they were selling actual gold B bitcoins, actual coins, and people were buying oh, them. Man. Dan Roberts, new editor-in-chief of Decrypt Media. Thanks for being on the show and good luck in your new role. Thank you so much. I hope to be back on soon, frequently. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts. Like, subscribe, share, share with your friends and family so that they can have daily crypto news to stay ahead of this bull run. I'll see you tomorrow. Happy hodling, everyone.